0: Nation presents podcasts. And I was just praising the Lord when I was thinking about that. You can't take away my spiritual walk with Jesus, no matter what happens. I love that in all that we've gone through in 2020 and now in 2021, they can't take away our spiritual walk with Jesus. Women of the Bible Speak.
1: Now here's your host, Shannon Breen. Welcome to Women of the Bible Speak podcast. I'm your host and author of the book, Shannon Breen. Whether you grew up going to Sunday school and reading the Bible, or you haven't read it in years, there are so many inspiring and timeless stories in the Bible, and many people don't realize what a big role women played in these stories. These women I write about are dealing with things that are still relevant to the women of 2021. They are all amazing lessons that fit today that we can all find inspiration and hope from. All right, ladies and gents, I am super excited to have for our special Women of the Bible podcast, uh, my guest, you will know her and you love her if you are a part of the Fox family, as she has been for 20 years, Molly Hennenberg, and you will still see her at times popping up and doing work for Fox, but she's very busy also raising four amazing kiddos uh, and being a very busy wife too. Molly, thanks for making time for us.
0: I love this, Shannon. I love hearing your voice, and I am so excited to talk about your book. Congratulations. And what a great topic, Women of the Bible Speak. I love it, and I will cherish it for years to come.
1: Well, thank you. You're one of the first people I thought about this because you've always been somebody who is very open about your faith. Uh, it's at the center of your life, of your family's life, and has guided you through all kinds of things and many adventures uh, that you have been on. And it's always been an inspiration to me. Uh, and I I just thank you for being that example, for always um, just being a light and for being a part of this project, too.
0: Oh, thank you. That's nice of you to say. And right back at you. I think uh, you and I were, were sisters at work and sisters outside of work. Mm-hmm. And um, it really, thank you, Lord, for
1: carrying through us through each day. Amen. And I got to say, people, I feel like if you're in a crisis, Molly is a good person you can call. We're going to give out your number on the podcast. Um, She is very calm, cool, and collected. She gives amazing advice. I always know if I'm having a mini or major life crisis, if I reach out to Molly, she's going to have good advice. Um, And so much of that really is rooted in your faith. I mean, that's where you find kind of the anchor and the calm, uh, I would suspect, um, for everything we've been through in the last year and and beyond. Um, Tell me a little bit before we get into our discussion about Mary and Martha, the sisters with some quarreling and rivalry, um, Mm -hmm. kind of about your faith and and how it does guide you through, um, because you seem a bit unflappable to me.
0: Oh, that's nice. Uh, I'm very flappable. (laughs) but I have had the benefit of growing up in a Christian family. My mom and dad uh, love Jesus passionately and model it day to day and everything they do. And, and also my grandparents, both sets of grandparents, my mom's parents and my dad's parents and aunts and uncles and cousins. So I had the the benefit and the joy of seeing it modeled all around me growing up. And it just infused me and um, has carried me through life. And, um, I take time with the Lord every day, and Chris and I, my husband Chris and I, are doing our best to infuse it in our children's lives as well, and um, and to show them, model to them, as well as to speak to them and pray for them, that uh, walking with Jesus is is a daily, hourly, minute by minute thing, and He is your Savior, your Lord, and your friend, and He loves you. At the end of the day, He loves you and wants a relationship with you and wants you to talk with him, rely on him, lean on him all day long. And I know um, I read once that a minister had worn grooves in, in the, the floor of his house from being on his knees, praying all the time mm-hmm. and um, being in media and being a mother and just being in 2020 and 2021 will do that to you, you where you wear grooves in your floor because you're knee, You're on your knees praying so much. Um, and And thank you, Jesus, for for saving us and loving us and carrying us through these times.
1: Yeah. And for forgiveness, which I find sometimes I need minute by minute. (laughs) This world, you know, um, is very tempting. uh, And a lot of that leads us to, uh, for me, sometimes it's something as simple as a short temper, kind of losing it with people or over circumstances. And so um, it's good to know there's forgiveness and there's comfort and it's always there. Um, And you and I grew up very um, much in, in a similar situation in that, we were in church and Sunday school, and um, you know I was in religious schooling as well, and um, I thought that I knew a lot of these stories about these women uh, that are included in the book, Women of the Bible Speak, about 16 different women, and some extras that we threw in uh, in a special chapter too, but when I really started to study them, I thought, oh yeah, I forgot this twist or turn in the story or this detail. And I found it was good for me to, to find, um, more meat there and plenty of encouragement. So really the book is for somebody, if you have not been a student of the Bible, if you're not religious at all, but you're looking for inspiration and some guidance and help through tough times. Um, or if you're somebody who really, you know, listen, you've been around this kind of thing. I think you'll still learn things. I know I certainly did. Um, and we're going to talk about Mary and Martha and, I don't know about you, Molly, but whenever I think of this, I, I always in my mind, instead of Marsha, 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 I hear Martha, Martha, Martha. <laughs> like I hear these two sisters where, you know, you've got the one who is um very busy waiting on Jesus, uh, and the disciples and those who are there studying. And you've got the other who's studying at the feet of Jesus. And there's sort of this um question that comes up: which is the better of the two? You know, and um Martha was very worried about the fact that she was waiting on everybody and getting everything done, and her sister wasn't helping her necessarily. Um, What does the story say to you? What do you get from it?
0: Uh, First, to your point about um, this book being accessible to all, I've read through more than just the Mary and Martha chapter. And Shannon, you did make it so accessible, whether you know these stories or not they are, they're meaningful, they speak to you, and the Lord can reach you, whether you've heard these stories or not, the Lord can reach into your heart and your mind and teach you and speak to you and comfort you. I thought you did a great job with all of these, these chapters and just the idea of the book. And if you have read them before, what I thought was so interesting, Shannon, is that if you kind of you pray, Lord, show me something new about this scripture that I've heard many, many times, mm-hmm. he will, he will, he'll show you something new that you've never heard or thought of. And this was so exciting to me to go through these three instances of uh, Mary, Martha, and Lazarus between what you were just talking about, the setting where Martha was serving and Mary was at the feet of Jesus, and then also, also the resurrection of Lazarus by Jesus, and then also Mary pouring the perfume or the nard uh, on Jesus's feet and wiping it. With her hair, so I really got to get into those three uh, mentions of Mary and Martha in the Bible, and um, this was a great time. And I, I know you have to think as I do sometimes when you read this, you just automatically think, "I'm Martha. I'm just Martha."
1: <laughs> right.
0: I am Martha. Uh, if you're, I'm an older sister uh, to three younger siblings, and I'm a mother of four, and I really relate to Martha's need to kind of get things done, like get it done before you can rest or be hospitable and welcome. It wasn't just Jesus, but Jesus and all of his disciples when mm-hmm. they came over to us, it was a big group and welcoming them in and getting that, making sure they're comfortable and they're fit and they're taken care of and they have what they need. I think it's a lot of times in women, we just, we do that instinctively. We just know how to do that. We know how to welcome people and make, make them feel comfortable. And, and, um, and I love how Jesus is, I think he's, speaking to women in, in a way in this this story of Mary and Martha welcoming Jesus into their house and saying okay that's great but you still need to have your spiritual priorities in line and I come first I come for Jesus is saying I come first and it's important that you get these reminders even if you do have a bent in your heart towards serving and and hospitality
1: yeah and i think that that's one of the nuggets we definitely get from this is that Um, I think it's tempting for all of us to get so busy doing things that are good. They're not necessarily bad things. They're good things, whether it's being hospitable and for you taking care of a very busy family life with four kids and all the things that you have going on. And for some of us, sometimes it's even, you know, volunteer work at church or whatever it is. But if that crowds us out to the point where we're stressed, we're frustrated, that we don't also have that time where we are studying or learning or kind of being refreshed, Mm -hmm. Uh, at the feet of Christ, um, we are missing the bigger point. I mean, Jesus said to her, um, the verse in Luke 10, he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. And something that I got from studying this as well was that um, this wasn't the norm essentially in society at that point for Jesus to have women who would travel or be studying, Um, at his feet. uh, It was much more likely that the young men were the ones who would be educated and would get religious formal training. Um, And it wasn't necessarily something you would see women doing, but Jesus, as you know, in this story and many others reached out to women, some of whom were outcasts in society, but he wanted them to learn and to come to him and have fellowship with him. uh, And that we certainly see that with Mary.
0: Yes. And he elevated women. I loved how he elevated Mary and in this story and he welcomed her to sit at his feet and listen and learn about deep spiritual matters and what he had to say. What, what, a, um, what a wonderful statement he made, even in biblical times, that women are worthy of learning They're and uh, worthy of learning about me, Jesus, and, um, and they're smart. Women are smart. And, and capable and need to know these and need to be able to discuss them and teach their children these issues. They need to know me. And I loved how he elevated women there. And Shannon, I have to tell you, you were just talking about Luke 10, verse 41 and 42. What, 42, what happened when I read 42, it just popped off the page. Let me just read it back to you, one part to, to talk about it. There is really only one thing worth being concerned about. Mary has discovered it, and it won't be taken away from her taken away from her we've had everything taken away from us in 2020 it seems like Mm -hmm. we've had um schooling we've had sports we've had oftentimes time with our loved ones we've had some of our freedoms we've had everything taken away and that jumped off the page at me because what jesus is saying is that if you spend time with me and you grow your, your uh, you spend time spiritually walking with me and you deepen your faith and you learn about me, that can't be taken away from you. And I was just praising the Lord when I was thinking about that. You can't take away my spiritual walk with Jesus, no matter what happens. Mm-hmm. And I love that in all that we've gone through in 2020 and now in 2021, they can't take away our spiritual walk with Jesus.
1: It's an excellent point. And it really, um, you know, writing the book during 2020 and just seeing such grief and misery around us and so many of us going through our own valleys um, and feeling great despair and seeing how our children and our families and our older relatives, everybody affected in different ways, but everybody, as you said, feeling like you're losing things and and things are, are you know, falling through your grasp Um, and to know that, yeah, there are, there are absolutes and things that we can lean on that we can lean into. And if anything, last year made me lean into my faith more because Everything else was sort of sinking sand, as we like to say, Um, whether you put your hope in the markets or your schools or your health or anything else, it really um, made you think about what the absolutes were. And like you said, in that verse, Jesus says, it's not going to be taken away from her. She's chosen what is better. Um, We also see their relationship with the death of Lazarus, the brother of Mary and Martha, and their enormous grief. And it's the time, the one time too, that um, I I can remember that we see Jesus weep. Uh, in the Bible, when he was so moved by his friendship with them, and I wonder, um, you know, how, how much he saw these sisters grieving before he would perform this miracle uh, that obviously was planned and ordained to happen the way that it did. But you could see his close relationship with the women and their grief.
0: Yeah, and I wonder about that. I really thought a lot about Mary and Martha, and who were they, and how were they part of Jesus's inner inner circle, and how moved Jesus was by their tears and and. You know, Jews from the town. The Bible says were coming to kind of mourn with them over the death of Lazarus, and I think he was touched by how much the community loved uh, Lazarus and Mary and Martha, that that family as well. And um, and I, I I love that the one of the messages from the raising of Lazarus Lazarus is that they asked him asked Jesus to come earlier. Mm-hmm. He was still preaching. He didn't come right away, and. He came on time, as you said, for a, on his time for a preordained miracle. And it's just a message to us that Jesus is always on time. And he, you've got to wait for that miracle or wait for that answer. Sometimes it's a no, sometimes it's a wait. But Jesus loves all of us and he's on time for his purposes in our lives. And um, it's a good example of even in our grief, there can be miracles, there can be Jesus blessings, there can be love from the father to us. And it's in his
1: time. Yeah. And like you said, sometimes, um, the plan is very different than what we as humans, you know, can only see five feet in front of ours, us and, and, and how it will play out. But here clearly Jesus knew what was going to happen and the fact that him raising Lazarus from the dead would be earth shattering. I mean, that would speak to so many people and it was his timing and his plan Um, but you see that very human interaction with him, with the sisters here and with Lazarus. And, um, you know, we talk about the fact that that Jesus, if you're a Christian, you believe he was fully man and fully God, and he experienced what we did. And so uh, he knows our grief and he knows our loss and he knows how that feels for us. And he certainly did with Mary and Martha. We'll have more of this interview coming up. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. Alda must not take yourself too seriously and... 6-1 I want to touch also on um, the other scene that we have from the gospels. And you mentioned earlier about Mary, when she decided to use what we understand was an expensive ointment or perfume or something and to clean Jesus feet with it and to use her hair. I mean, there's so many things there that would offend and upset so many people. And indeed, there was one in particular who said um, to Jesus, like, you know, she could have sold this and we could have spent this money on the poor. Um, and Jesus, again, as we see with Martha, he comes to Mary's defense.
0: He, he loves Mary and he loves Mary's heart for him. And how interesting that line in there um, where he it was Judas, right? Who said, right. Why, yeah, Judas, who <laughs> later betrayed Jesus, who was all concerned about money. Uh, he was the one who said, why don't we sell this and give money to the poor? But anyway, wasn't it interesting that Jesus said, hey, Judas, back off. She did this. She had this. Perfume, and she used it in preparation for my burial. And I was thinking, wow, I wonder what Mary thought when he said that. Mm-hmm. You know, that was a. Uh, did Mary know what was really going to be happening to Jesus in the next week? Uh, or, you know, obviously it was a, a demonstration of her love and faith. But um, that must have been a kind of made the room get a little quiet when Jesus said that, right? Yes.
1: I, I, yeah, I often wonder. We we know that they had glimpses, sort of a. Uh, of what they thought was going to happen. Mm -hmm. Um, But obviously after the crucifixion of Christ um, and certainly before his resurrection, we see that many of them were completely disheartened and confused. Like, wait a minute, what is happening here? (laughs) This is Mm -hmm. not um, Mm -hmm. what we thought the plan was going to be. And yeah, all along Jesus is dropping clues and giving them clues. And it, it seems like with Mary, she has such a devotion to him, to learning from him, to understanding, I think what he's, trying to communicate to them about the kingdom of heaven and about who he is. And each time that she decides that, that spending time with him or spending resources or treasures on him is the right thing to do. He's, she doesn't defend herself. He is the one who steps up and says she's actually chosen the right thing. And that's certainly something we can translate into today.
0: I love that too, that she, she makes no excuses. At least the Bible doesn't record anything that she's, you know, trying to explain herself she does she's just so driven by her her love for jesus i'm not sure she even hears the complaining people in the room mm-hmm. uh, and she she makes no excuses and i i love that about her she just does the right thing and you know i think we all i was saying at the beginning i think i'm a martha but we all have martha and mary in us i would guess right. and i think sometimes the mary in me comes out in exhaustion i don't have you ever had the shannon where you walk into church at the beginning of a new week, but you've had a rough last week and you just sit in the seat and you, you, in your exhaustion, you say, Lord, minister to me, speak to me. Let me have your ears for what I'm going to hear today. And, and, and you just soak it all in. And Mm I, I I don't, I would like to be Mary in great energy as well. (laughs) That's just what I do. But oftentimes the Mary in me comes out in exhaustion where I just need Jesus to come meet me and lift me back up and teach me something
1: about himself. Yeah, and I think that you put that so well because that is really what church had become for me as we were going into the you know, pandemic before everything went online and and we've had, you know, patchwork of of churches reopening and things not reopening, but it had become that Sundays I so looked forward to, you know, seeing the smiling faces of my brothers and sisters and other people who are struggling through the highs and lows of life sharing that with them and going and sitting in that pew. And being able to be fed and hear uh, and just kind of poured into uh, a bit selfishly. I mean, we're there to worship as well, which is always part of it. But um, to also sit there and be fed and just renewed and reassured that whatever I'd faced in the week before or whatever was coming in the week ahead, um, that nothing was a surprise to God and that I could be there and hear from his word and sing Words of praise, um, and I think that was a really hard thing too in the pandemic to not have as easy of access of that to be with uh, each other as a body. But again, Mary shows us that um, we can just worship worship with Him one on one, be fed by Him one on one. But there's something to to be said for being in the body of Christ, and and I look forward to um, all of us having you know complete access to the to that again to being together and worshiping together.
0: Right? You never think your church. It's going to disappear from your life or -hmm. not disappear, but not be open to you
1: Mm -hmm. in the same way.
0: Yes. And, and one, one Sunday, all of a sudden it is. And thankfully there are churches that have reopened and reopened um, successfully. And and Mm -hmm. that's been um, a great, that's one thing that was taken away from us at the beginning of the pandemic It's back now, but um, another thing that was taken away, but like you were saying, your spiritual walk, your time, worshiping Jesus at his feet cannot be taken away. And, um, and thank you, Lord, for, that you're so personal. He's such a personal mm-hmm. God. It is not he's not something high in the sky that you can't you can't commune with or have um, a moment with. He is a personal, personal God who knows you intimately, knows me intimately. And um, and you can't nothing can take that away.
1: Yeah. And and Mary Martha is just uh, one of the chapters that really expresses that for us. And we see these relationships that Christ had and how women were esteemed and treasured uh, in his ministry and in his life here on the earth. So um, Molly, thank you so much, first of all, for um, reading the book. Um, That means a lot to me because I know you're a very busy lady. So, Can I thank just you.
0: bring up one other yeah. point, though, that I that really just also jumped out to me from this? I just loved what you've done with this chapter. I've loved it. I've enjoyed it. And one other thing jumped out to me about the resurrection of Lazarus after they removed the tomb, the stone and Lazarus was resurrected. And, uh, you know, there was great rejoicing and all. But the next uh, verse, this is in John 11, John eleven forty five. 45. And so at last, many of the Jewish leaders who were with Mary and saw it happen, saw this resurrection happen, finally believed in mm-hmm. Jesus. And I was thinking, you know what, Lord, it might not have been on their time, Mary and Martha's time, that the Lord met them and and raised their brother and saw and, and loved them in that way. But His, He also brought these Jewish leaders, who He must have loved. He must have loved these Jewish leaders and wanted them to know Him before He went you know, to his death and and ultimate resurrection, but how loving of a God to care about and show himself to these other Jewish leaders who were curious as well and loved Mary and Martha and Lazarus. And I thought that was a nice ending to that part of the story Mm -hmm. that new people came to Jesus. Exactly. John records it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And such a great point because um, it does show us that his plan is beyond often our understanding and our own grief Mm-hmm. Um, but there's always purpose in it. So, um, Molly Henneberg, it is great to catch up with you. I and, loved it, uh, Shannon. I know that our, our viewers absolutely adore you and want to know how you are. And I always get questions about you. Um, and I tell them that you are busy, um, raising amazing kiddos who are changing the world. I am sure one day at a time, uh, and that they can still catch you on Fox from time to time too. So thank you for making time for us, uh, for this women of the Bible podcast. The book is women of the Bible speak. Uh, check it out wherever you like to get your books and hopefully it will be encouraging to you uh, as it was to me in writing it and, uh, and Molly too, for joining us in on the conversation. Thank you.
0: Thank you. And I want to get your autograph in my book when I have it in my <laughs> hand, I love love it when you <laughs> autograph books and um, it's a treasure to have it. And I will, I, you know, I, Shannon, one other thing I intend to share it with my daughters and my sons, they, they're a little young now, but mm-hmm. we're all going to enjoy this uh, women of the Bible speak and thank you for writing it.
1: Well, God bless you guys all. Hope to see you soon. Thank you for listening to Women of the Bible Speak on the Fox News Podcast Network. For more of this podcast series, you can go to foxnewspodcast.com. Please rate and review this one wherever you download podcasts. We want to hear what inspires you. My book, Women of the Bible Speak, The Wisdom of 16 Women and Their Lessons for Today, is out March 30th and available for pre-order right now at foxnews.com slash books. This has been Fox News Presents Podcast's Women of the Bible Speak.